Christmas. If you are celebrating Christmas, I would like to say Merry Christmas to you. And if you celebrate Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah, now whatever you celebrating, I want to say Happy Holiday to you. And thank you for listening to Wellness with Sonelia and thank you for continuing listening to my podcast. Um, I pray that the good Lord pour out his blessing upon you and help all of you to see a grateful new year full of success and full of prosperity and full of everything because when when we ask the Lord for prosperity and that's the reason why God said I will prosper you he didn't say I will make you rich and he didn't say I will make you healthy just that is limited but he said I will prosper you his prosperous God give you everything along all lines so if you were asking God one thing I will encourage you to ask him for his blessing his blessing in every area of your life he is a prosperous God and he said that I will open the gate of heaven and pour out blessing on you blessing on your children blessing on your family blessing on your enemy even let's just enjoy life regardless what is going on regardless what is this life offer you because remember the father knew it that's the reason why he said do not fret do not worry about the thing just praise me just sit at my feet and see how I protect you we have a God we have a brother we have a mother all that is the Holy Spirit is in the realm somewhere and watching over us it's with us inside of us whichever you put it but knowing that we are serving in our own ways and he respect that he respect that yes this year we already said almost finished good or bad thank God for it I know some have the best 2022 and maybe some it was a tough year and maybe some it was not so so but think think at least we are here doesn't matter what is going on in our life but he pull us together 
and we bless his name for that because everything happening for his glory not our glory whatever life he give us is for his glory and it for us to know like job to say god give god take and let the name of the lord be praised okay so um i have a new book for you i didn't finish read um the mental attitude i reached in chapter 12 but unfortunately <laughs> i went to my sister in chicago and i forgot my book i carried the book with me so i can read it there but i forgot the book so that mean i have to put that on hold until i went there again to have it so i have a book that um someone sent me a book uh i have to tell you i have plenty book that um people will love for me to read and listen to me most of the books that i'm reading i don't buy them i just want you to know that my podcast is about reading books and that's what i said too that will empower your mental attitude that will empower your faith that will empower you because i believe um in stories yes i'm a big believer in stories um you know you have no idea how uh stories keep the third world country going um for us it's like you know another life that that give us hope you know when i was a little girl back in Haiti i used to read a lot you know i will read any little book i i love stories i love stories in the bible i love stories that uh, people inspired you know i see it's it's, uh, it's like uh, it was like uh, a meditation to me meditation because while i'm reading the book is is like i'm i'm living the moment of the book you know so that's the reason why i read book to you yeah i understand that um people might think that okay you say you're a wellness coach um why you just reading books why you didn't give us the information on health on other stuff and now if you follow all my channels like i always say um a good thing you know a good thing is priceless right if um if you have um something that uh really when you share it with others yeah you would but at the same time you want to keep um sharing in a limit right you want to limit a little on your sharing um so i leave that for other people you know other coaches that uh, 
that will tell you this and tell you that. Don't, you know, I respect everyone's opinion. And, um, you know, I do what I, I, what I do, what pleases me. What pleases me is to be me. I love reading books, and I feel like when I'm reading the books, I want to read it for the whole world. And then also, by reading aloud to the world, that helped me in my English too, okay? <laughs> Because, you know, yeah, we all know, we taught what country who speak other language. English is a very hard English <laughs> language for us. It, you know, <laughs> I mean, if you read my, uh, if you listen to my podcast, you will know how throughout my podcast I say that. And you will see too the progress. You will listen to my progress. Uh, it amazed me to see that uh, when I started um, this podcast, really I didn't know what I was getting to. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, really, I was scared. I If you listen to my first book that I read, my voice was trembled. And uh, because, you know, when, you, uh, when you're doing something, you, you step out on your comfort zone. It's scary. But I encourage you, you step in any way. Little by little, you find your comfort just like you were in the comfort zone before you start anything new. So don't let the fear keep you in a bondage. Don't let the fear keep you not growing. Because growing is not just get up overnight and you grow. Remember, when you put a seed in the ground, the seed die first. And then it pushes up and show you that oh I'm growing a little bit and then what you do that encourage you that little that little leaf you see there the tree it, it, it give you hope hey it didn't say die he come back alive and then you're gonna start caring for it and next thing you know you have beans there is when I say beans because I grow a lot of beans in my backyard anyway um Yes, so I have a book, and the book that I have, it's a book, and let me tell you, this book is so good, it was even on Oprah Book Club, okay, and I love it, uh, the title of the book is A, Way, a New Earth, Awakening to Your Life Purpose, okay, And uh, he, he wrote by Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle is the one that wrote the book. And um, it's about spiritual. So, awakening to your life's purpose. Since we're heading to the new year, <clears throat> I want to start with this book. 
because we all need awakening to our life. I'm telling you, the more we're still living, we're getting better and better. That's the effort that we all doing get better and better no matter what you're doing how life is we have to survive so we have to strive to get better and better and better all right okay so uh, we are now it's already 12 minutes but let me read the first uh, chapter for you chapter one the flooring of human consciousness Evocation Earth 114 million years ago One morning just after sunrise The first flower ever to appear on the planet Opens up to receive the ray of the sun Prior to this momentous event That heralds an evolutionary transformation In the life of plants the planet had already been covered in vegetation for millions of years. The first flower probably did not survive for long, and flowers must have remained rare in isolated phenomena, since conditions were most likely not yet favorable for a widespread flowering to occur. One day, However, a critical threshold was reached, and suddenly there would have been an explosion of color and scent all over the planet. If a perceiving consciousness had been there to witness it, and then much later, those delicate and fragrant beings with all flowers would come to play an essential part of the evolution of consciousness of another species. Humans would increasingly be drawn to and fascinated by them. As the consciousness of human being developed, flowers were most likely the first thing they came to value that had no utilitarian purpose for them. That is to say, was not linked in some way to survival. They provided inspiration to countless artists, poets, and mystics. Jesus tells us to contemplate the flowers and learn from them how to live. The Buddha is said to have given a silent sermon, one during which he held up a flower and gazed at it. After a while, one of those present, a monk called Mahakasyapa, began to smile. He is said to have been the only one who had understood this sermon. According to the legend, that smile, 
that is to say realization was indeed down by 28 successive masters and much later become the original sin. Seeing beauty in a flower could awaken human, however briefly, to the beauty that is an essential part of their own innermost being, their true nature. The first recognition of beauty was one of the most significant events in the evolution of human consciousness. The feelings of joy and love are intrinsically connected to that recognition without our fully realizing it. Flowers would become for us an expression in form of that which is most high, most sacred, and ultimately formless with ourselves. Flowers more fleeting, more ethereal, and more delicate than the plant out of which they emerge, would become like messengers from another realm, like a bridge between the world of physical forms and the formlets. They not only had a scent that was delicate and pleasing to humans, but also brought a fragrance from the realm of spirit, using the word enlightenment in a wider sense than the conventionally accepted one. We could look upon flowers as the enlightenment of plants. Any life form in any realm, mineral, vegetable, animals, or human, can be said to undergo enlightenment. It is, however, an extremely rare occurrence since it is more than an evolutionary progression. It also implies a discontinuity in its development a leap to an entirely different level of being and, most important, a listening of materiality. What could be heavier and more impenetrable than a rock that density of all forms? And yet, some rocks undergo a change in their molecular molecular structure turn into crystals and so become transparent to the light. Some carbon under inconceivable heat and pressure turn into diamonds and some heavy minerals into other precious stones. Most crawling reptilians, the most earthbound of all creatures have remained unchanged for millions of years. Some, however, grow feathers and wings and turn into birds, thus defying the force of gravity that had held them for so long. They did not become better 
at crawling or walking, but transcended crawling and walking entirely. Since time, immemorial flowers, crystal, precious stones, and birds have held special significance for the human spirit. Like all life forms, there are, of course, temporary manifestations of the underlying one life and consciousness, their special significance and the reason why humans feel such fascination for an affinity with them can be attributed to their ethereal quality. Once there is certain degree of presence of still in others' attention in human being, perception, they can sense the divine life essence, the one embracing consciousness or spirit in every creature. Every life form recognizes it as one with their own essence, and so love it as themselves. Until this happens, however, most humans see only the outer form, unaware of the inner essence, just as they are unaware of their own essence and identify only with their own physical and psychological form. We'll be right back. flower a crystal precious stone or bird however even someone with little or no presence can occasionally sense that there is more there than the mere physical existence of that form without knowing that this is the reason why he or she is drawn towards it feels an affinity with it because of its ethereal nature, its form obscures the indwelling spirit to a lesser degree than is the case with other life forms. The exception to this are all newborn life forms, babies, puppies, kittens, lambs, and so on. They are fragile dedicated, not yet firmly established in materiality, an innocence, a sweetness, and beauty that are not of this world still shine through them. Their delight even relatively insensitive human. So, when you are alert and contemplate a flower, crystal, or bird without naming it mentally, it becomes a window for you into the formless. There is an inner opening, however slight, into the realms of spirit, 
This is why those three enlightened life forms have played such an important part in the evolution of human consciousness since ancient times. Why? For example, the jewel in the lotus flower is a central symbol of Buddhism and a white bird, the dove, signifies the Holy Spirit in Christianity. They have been preparing the ground for a more profound shift in planetary consciousness that is destined to take place in the human species. This is the spiritual awakening that we are beginning to witness now. The purpose of this book is humanity ready for a transformation of consciousness, an inner flowering so radical and profound that compared to it, the flowering of plants, no matter how beautiful, is only a pale reflection. Can human beings lose the density of the conditioning structure and become like crystal or precious stone? So to speak, transparent to the light of consciousness? Can they define the gravitational pull of materialism and materiality and rise above identification with form that keep the ego in place and condemn them to imprisonment within their own personality. The possibility of such a transformation has been the central message of the great wisdom teaching of humankind. The messenger, the messengers, Buddha, Jesus, and others, not all of them known, were humanity's early flowers. They were precursors, rare and precious beings, a widespread flowering was not yet possible at that time, and their message become largely misunderstood and often greatly distorted. It certainly did not transform human behavior, except in a small minority of people. Is humanity more ready now than at the time of those early teachers? Why should this be so? What can you do, if anything, to bring about or accelerate this inner shift? What is it that characterizes the old egoic state of consciousness and by what sign is the new emerging consciousness recognized? Those and other essential questions will be addressed in this book. More important, this book itself is a transformational device that has come out of the rising new consciousness. The idea and concept presented here may be important, but they are secondary. They are no more than 
signposts pointing towards awakening. As you read, a shift takes place within you. This book's main purpose is not to add new information or brief to your mind or to try to convince you of anything, but to bring about a shift in consciousness that is to say to awaken. In that sense, this book is not interesting and interesting mean you can keep your distance. Play around with idea and concept in your mind. Agree or disagree. This book is about you. It will change your state of consciousness or it will be meaningless. It can only awaken those who are already and ready. Not everyone is ready yet, but many are. And with each person who awakens, the momentum in the collective consciousness grows and it becomes easier for others. If you don't know what awakening means, read on. Only by awakening can you know the true meaning of the word of that word. A glimpse is enough to initiate the awakening process, which is irresistible, irreversible for some. That glimpse will come, will come while reading this book for many others who may not even have realized it. The process, says, has already begun. This book will help them recognize it. For some, it may have begun through loss or suffering. For others, through coming into contact with a spiritual teacher or teaching, through reading the power of now or some other spirituality, alive and therefore transformational book or any combination of the above. If the awakening process has begun in you, the reading of this book will accelerate and intensify it. An essential part of the awakening is the recognition of the unawakening you, the ego as it thinks, speaks and acts as well as the recognition of the collectively conditioned mental processes that perpetuate the unawakening state. That is why this book shows the main aspects of the ego and how they operate in the individual as well as in the collective. This is important for two related reasons. The first is that unless you know the basic mechanics behind the working of ego, you won't recognize it. And it will trick you into identifying with it again and again. This means it takes you over an imposter 
pretending to be you. The season, the second reason is that the act of recognition itself is one of the way in which awakening happens. When you recognize the unconsciousness in you, that which makes the recognition possible is the arising consciousness is awakening. You cannot fight against the ego and win, just as you cannot fight against darkness. The light of consciousness is all that is necessary. You are that light. Our inherit dysfunction. If we look more deeply into humanities, ancient religions, and spiritual traditions, we will find that underneath the many surface differences, there are two core insights that most of them agree on. The words they use to describe those insights differ. Yet, they all point to a twofold fundamental truth. The first part of this truth is the realization that the normal state of mind of most human beings contains a strong element of what we might call dysfunction or even madness. Certain teachings at the heart of Hinduism perhaps come closest to seeing this dysfunction as a form of collective mental illness. They call it Maya. The Veil of Delusion Ramana Maharshi One of the greatest Indian sages bluntly states the mind is Maya. Buddhist uses different terms according to the Buddha. The human mind in its normal state generates dukkha which can be translated as suffering, unsatisfactory, or just plain misery. He sees it as a characteristic of the human condition. Wherever you go, whatever you do, says the Buddha, you will encounter Dukkha. And it will manifest in every situation sooner or later. According to Christian teachings, the normal collective state of humanity is one of original sin. Sin is a word that has been greatly misunderstood and misinterpreted. Literally translates from the ancient Greek in which the New Testament was written to sin mean to miss the mark as a nature 
who misses the target. So to sin means to miss the point of human existence. It means to live unskillfully, blindly, and those to suffer and cause suffering. Again, the term strap of its cultural baggage and misinterpretations points to the dysfunction inherent in the human condition. The achievements of humanity are impressive and undeniable. We have created sublime works of music, literature, painting, architecture, and culture. More recently, science and technology have brought about radical changes in the way we live and have enabled us to do and create things that would have been considered miraculous even 200 years ago. No doubt, the human mind is highly, highly intelligent, yet it is very intelligent, is tainted by madness. Science and technology have magnified the destructive impact that the dysfunction of the human mind has upon the planet, other life forms, and upon humans themselves. That is why the story, the history of the 20th century is where that dysfunction, that collective insanity can be most clearly recognized. A further factor is that this dysfunction is actually intensifying and accelerating. The First World War broke out in 1914. Destructive and cruel wars motivated by fear, greed, and the desire for power had been common occurrences throughout human history has had slavery, torture, and widespread violence inflicted for religious and ideological reasons. Humans suffered more at the hand of each other than through natural disasters. Hmm. That is so true. By the year 1914, However, the highlight intelligence human mind had invented not only the internal combustion engine, but also bombs, machine guns, submarines, flame, throwers, throwers in poison gas, intelligence in the service of madness. In static trench warfare in France and Belgium, millions of men perished to gain a few miles of mud. When the war was over in 1918, the survivors, looking horror, 
and incomprehension upon the devastation left behind. 10 million human beings killed and many more men or disfigured. Never before had human madness been so destructive in its effect. So clearly visible. Little did they know that this was only the beginning. By the end of the century, the number of people who died a violent death at the hand of the fellow human will rise to more than 100 million. They died not only through war between nations, but also through mass attacks exterminations and genocide such as the mother of 20 million class enemies peace and traitors in the Soviet Union under Stalin or the unspeakable horrors of the Holocaust in Nazi Germany they also died in countless smaller internal conflicts such as the Spanish Civil War or during the Khmer Rouge regime in Cambodia when a quarter of that country's population was murdered. We only need to watch the daily news on television to realize that the madness has not abated that it is continuing into the 21st century. Another aspect of the collective dysfunction of the human mind is the unprecedented violent, violence that humans are inflicting on other life forms and the planet itself. The destruction of oxygen-producing forests and other plants and animal life. Ill treatment of animal in factory farms and poisoning of rivers, ocean, oceans and air. Driven by greed, ignorant of their connectedness to the whole human persistent behavior that, if continued unchecked, can only result in their own destruction. The collective manifestations of the insanity that lies at the heart of the human condition constitutes the greater part of human history. It is to a large extent a history of madness. If the history of humanity were the clinical case history of a simple human being, the diagnosis would have to be chronic paranoid delusions, a pathological propensity to commit murder and acts of extreme violence and cruelty against his perceived enemies, his own unconsciousness projected outward, criminally insane, with a few brief 
lucid intervals. Fear, greed, and the desire for power are the psychological motivating forces not only behind warfare and violence between nations, tribe, religion, and ideologies, but also the cause of incessance, conflict in personal relationships. They bring about a distortion in your perception of other people and yourself. Through them, you misinterpret every situation, leading to misguided action designed to rid you of fear and satisfy your needs for more. A bottomless hole that can never be filled. It is important to realize, however, that fear, greed, and the desire for power are not the dysfunction that we are speaking of, but are themselves created by the dysfunction, which is a deep-seated collective delusion that lies within the mind of each human being. A number of spiritual teachings tell us to let go of fear and desire, but those spiritual practices are usually unsuccessful. They haven't gone to the roots of the dysfunction. Fear, greed, and desire for power are not the ultimate causal factors. Trying to become a good or better human being sounds like a commendable and high-minded thing to do. Yet, it is an endeavor you cannot ultimately succeed in unless there is a shift in the consciousness. This is because it is still part of the same dysfunction. A more subtle and rarefied form of self-announcement of desire for more and a strengthening of one's conceptual identify identity. One's self-image. You do not become good by trying to be good, but by fighting the goodness that is already within you and allowing that goodness to emerge but it can only emerge if something fundamental changes in your state of consciousness the story of communism originally inspired by noble ideas clearly illustrates what happened when people attempt to change external reality, create a new earth without any prior change in their inner reality, their state of consciousness. They make plans without taking into account the blueprint for dysfunction that every human being carries within the ego. most ancient religion 
and spiritual traditions share the common insight that our normal state of mind is merged by a fundamental defect. However, out of this insight into the nature of the human condition, we may call it the bad news. Arises a second insight, the good news of the possibility of a radical transformation of human consciousness. In Hindu teachings and sometime in Buddhism also, this transformation is called enlightenment. In the teaching of Jesus, it is salvation. And in Buddhism, it is the end of suffering. Liberation and awakening are other terms used to describe this transformation. The greatest achievement of humanity is not its works of art, science, or technology, but the cognition of its own dysfunction, its own madness, and the distance distant past, this recognition already came to a few individuals. A man called Gautama Siddhartha, wow, who lived 2,600 years ago in India, hmm. was perhaps the first who saw it with absolute clarity. Later, the title Buddha was conferred upon him. Buddha means the awakened one. At about the same time, another of humanity's early awakened teachers emerged in China. His name was Liu Zhou. He left a record of his teaching in the form of one of the most profound spiritual books ever written, the Tao Te Ching. The Tao Te Ching. I'm speaking Chinese now. To recognize one's own insanity is, of course, the arising of sanity. The beginning of healing and transcendence, a new dimension, dimension of consciousness, had begun to emerge on the planet. A first tentative flowering. Those rare individuals then spoke to their contemporaries. They spoke of sin, of suffering, of delusion. They said, look how you live. See what you are doing, the suffering you create. They then pointed to the possibility of awakening from the collective nightmare of normal. Human existence, they showed the way. The world was not yet ready for them and yet they were a vital and necessary part of human awakening inevitably 
they were mostly misunderstood by the contemporaries as well as by subsequent generations. Their teachings, although both simple and powerful, become distorted and misinterpreted. In some cases, even as they were recorded and written by the disciples. Over the centuries, many things were added that had nothing to do with the original teaching, but were a reflection of a fundamental misunderstanding. Some of the teachers were ridiculed, revealed, or killed. Others came to be worshipped as gods teaching that pointed the way beyond the dysfunction of the human mind. The way out of the collective insanity were distorted and become themselves part of the insanity and so religious to a large extent become divisive rather than unifying forces instead of bringing about an ending of violence and hurt through a realization of the fundamental honestness of our life they brought more violence and hatred more division between people as well as between different religion and even within the same religion they become ideologies belief systems people could identify with and so use them to enhance their false sense of self through them they could make themselves right and others wrong and thus define their identity through the enemies the others the non-believers or wrong believers who not and frequently they saw themselves justified in killing men made god in his own image the eternal the infinite and unnameable was reduced to a mental idol that you had to believe in and worship as my god or our god and yet and yet in spite of all the ancient deeds perpetuate in the name of religion the truth to which their point still shine at the core it still shines however dimly two layer open layers of distortion and misinterpretation it is unlikely however that you will be able to perceive it there unless you have at least already had glimpses of that truth within yourself throughout history 
they have always been rare individuals who experienced a shift in consciousness and so realized within themselves that towards which all religions point. To describe that non-conceptual truth, they then use the conceptual framework of their own religions. Through some of those men and women, school or movement develop within all male religion that represents not only rediscovery, but in some cases, an intensive intensification of the light of the original teaching. This is how noticism and mysticism came into existence in early and medieval Christianity, Sufism, in the Islamic religion, Hasidism, and Kabbalah in Judaism, Advaita Vedanta in Hinduism, Zen and Zokim in Buddhism. Most of the schools were iconoclastic. They did away with layer upon layer of deadening, conceptualization, and mental belief structures. And for this reason, most of them were viewed with suspicion and often hostility by the established religion Yerashis. Unlike mainstream religion, their teaching emphasizes realization and inner transformation. It is through those esoteric school or movement that the, major, the mere religion regain the transformative power of the original teaching. Although in most cases only a small means a small minority of people had access to them. Their numbers were never large enough to have any significant impact on the deep collective unconsciousness of the majority. Over time, some of those schools themselves become too rigidly formalized or conceptualized to remain effective. We'll be right back. Spiritual and religion. What is the rule of the established religions in the arising of the new consciousness? Many people are already aware of the difference between spirituality and religion. 
they realize that having a belief system, a set of thoughts that you regard as the absolute truth, does not make you spiritual, no matter what the nature of those beliefs is. In fact, the more you make your thoughts, beliefs into your identity, the more cut off you are from the spiritual dimension within yourself. Many religious people are stuck at that level. They equate truth with thoughts. And as they are completely identified with thoughts, the mind that claim to be in soul possession of the truth in an unconscious attempt to protect their identity. They don't realize the limitation of thoughts unless you believe or think exactly as they do. You are wrong in the eyes and in the not to distance past, they would have felt justified in killing you for that, and some still do even now. The new spirituality, the transformation of consciousness is arising to a large extent outside of the structure of the structure of the existing institutionalized religions. There were always pockets of spirituality even in mind-dominated religions, although the institutionalized hierarchies felt threatened by them and often tried to suppress them. A large-scale opening of spirituality outside of the religion structures is an entirely new development. In the past, this would have been inconceivable, especially in the West, the most mind-dominate of all cultures, where the Christian church had a virtual franchise on spirituality. You could not just stand up and give a spiritual talk or publish a spiritual book unless you were sanctioned by the church. And if you were not, they would quickly silence you. But now, even within certain churches and religions, there are signs of change. It is heartwarming, and one is grateful for even the slightest signs of openness, such as Pope John Paul II visiting a mosque as well as a synagogue, partly as a result of the spiritual teaching that have arisen outside the established religions, but also due to an influx of the ancient Eastern wisdom teachings 
a growing number of followers of traditional religions are able to let go of identification with form dogma and rigid belief systems and discover the original depth that is hidden within their own spiritual tradition. At the same time, as they discover the depth within themselves, they realize that how spiritual you are has nothing to do with what you believe, but everything to do with your state of consciousness. This, in turn, determines how you act in the world and interact with others. Those unable to look beyond form become even more deeply entrenched in their beliefs. That is to say, in their mind, we are witnessing not only an unprecedented influx of consciousness at this time, but also an entrenchment and intensification of the ego. Some religious institutions will be open to the new consciousness. Others will harden their doctrine position and become part of all those other mammoth structures through which the collective ego will defend itself and fight back. Some churches, sects, cults, or religious movements are basically collective egoic entities and rigidly identified with their mental positions as their followers of any political ideology that is close to any alternative interpretation of reality. But the ego is destined to dissolve and all its outside structures, whether they be religious or other institutions, corporations, or governments, will disintegrate from within, no matter how deeply entrenched they appear to be. The most rigid structures, the most impervious to change, will collapse first. This has already happened in the case of Soviet communism. How deeply entrenched, how solid and monolithic it appeared, and yet within a few years, in disintegrate form within, no one foresaw this. All were taken by surprise. There are many more such surprises in store. The urgency of transformation. When faced with a radical crisis, when the old way of being in the world, of interacting with each other and with the realm of nature does not work anymore. When survival is 
threatened by seemingly insurmountable problems an individual life form or a species will either die or become extinct or wise above the limitations of its condition through an evolutionary leap. It is believed that the life form on this planet first evolved in the sea. When there were no animals yet to be found on land, the sea was already teeming with life. Then at some point, one of the sea creatures must have started to venture into dry land. It would perhaps crawl a few inches, at first then exhausted by the enormous gravitational pull of the planet, it will return to the water where gravity is almost non-existent and where it could live with much greater ease. And then it tried again and again and again and much later would adapt to life on land grow feet instead of fins, develop lungs instead of gills. It seems unlikely that a species would venture into such an alien environment and undergo an evolutionary transformation unless it was compelled to do so by some crisis situation. There may have been a large sea era that got cut off from the main ocean where the water gradually receded over thousands of years, forcing fish to leave the habitat and evolve, responding to a radical crisis that threatens our very survival. This is humanity's challenge now. The dysfunction of the egoic human mind recognized already more than 2,500 years ago by the ancient wisdom teachers and now magnified through science and technology is for the first time threatening the survival of the planet. Until very Recently, the transformation of human consciousness, also printed to by the ancient teachers, was no more than a possibility realized by a few rare individuals here and there. Irrespective of cultural or religious background, a widespread flowering of human consciousness did not happen because it was not yet imperative. A significant portion of the Earth's population will soon recognize, if they haven't already done so, that humanity is now faced with a stark choice, evolve or die. A still relatively small but rapidly growing percentage of humanity 
is already experiencing within themselves the breakup of the all egoic mind pattern and emergence of a new dimension of consciousness. Dimension of consciousness. What is arising now is not a new belief system, a new religion's spiritual ideology or mythology. We are coming to the end not only of mythologies but also of ideologies and belief system. The change goes deeper than the content of your mind, deeper than your thoughts. In fact, at the heart of the new consciousness lies the transcendence of thoughts. The new form, the new found ability of rising above thought, of realizing a dimension within yourself that is infinitely more vast than thought. You then no longer derive your identity, your sense of who you are, from the incessant stream of thinking that in the old consciousness you take to be yourself. What a liberation to realize that the voice in my head is not who I am. Who am I then? The one who sees that, the awareness that is pure to thoughts, the space in which the thought or the emotion or sense perception happens. Ego is no more than this identification with form, which primarily means thought forms. If evil has any reality and it has a relative, not an absolute. Reality, this is also its definition. Complete identification with form, physical form, thought form, emotional form. This results in a total unawareness of my connection, my connectedness with the whole, my intrinsic honestness with every other as well as with the source. This forgetfulness is original sin, suffering, delusion. When this delusion of other separateness underlies and govern whatever I think, say, and do. What kind of world do I create? To find the answer to this, observe how humans relate to each other. Read a history book or watch the news on television tonight. If the structures of the human mind remain unchanged, we will always end up recreating fundamentally the same world, the same evil, the same dysfunction. In your heaven, 
a new earth. The inspiration for the title of this book comes from the Bible. Prophecy that seems more applicable now than at any other time in human history. It occurs in both the Old and the New Testament and speaks of the collapse of the existing world order and the arising of a new heaven and a new earth. We need to understand here that heaven is not a location but refers to the inner realm of consciousness. This is the esoteric meaning of the word and this is also its meaning in the teaching of Jesus. Earth, on the other hand, is the outer manifestation in form, which is always a reflection of the inner. Collective human consciousness and life on our planet are intrinsically connected. In your heaven is the emergence of a transformed state of human consciousness and a new earth is its reflection in the physical realm. Since human life and human consciousness are intrinsically one with the life of the planet, as the old consciousness dissolves, they are bound to be synchronistic, geographic, and climatic, natural, half evolved in many parts of the planet, some of which we are already witnessing now. This is the teaching of the first episode, the first chapter. What a book. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, I will stop right here. And next, we will have next chapter two, Ego to Current State of Humanity. If you are listening to this podcast and you love to listen to my podcast, please share it and comment. Help me grow on my podcast will be the best gift you could give me because I believe that we are here to support one another. And by sharing, you supporting me. Not just by subscribing or by donating, but by sharing. That's the greatest support that you can give me. Because you shared with your friend, your family. And that growing my channel. And that helping me reading more and more to you. Until next time, happy holiday and enjoy your life.
Meditation from the Bible The Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He laid up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk rightly. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He laid up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk rightly. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He laid up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk rightly. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He laid up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk rightly. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He laid up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk rightly. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come understanding and knowledge. The Lord gave wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord, he gave wisdom. And in his mouth come out knowledge and understanding. So, search for wisdom, understanding, knowledge. As the Holy Spirit, because the Lord do give wisdom and understanding. If we will meditate, like I always do, 
you know I always do meditation after a reading. Meditation helps you to relax and let the Spirit speak to you. Do not jump into conclusion. To let the Spirit guide you. It is Him who said all, who write it all. And you heard the order of the Book of Awakening. He took all the sight to justify his reason written this book. Like I said before, no matter how much that we write books, everything and even him said, everything come from to the holy book. And it is the egoism. God only calls us to be one nation, one people under one God. With our own mental attitude. And he gave us different point of view of seeing things. And you respect that. He does. And he told us. But it is our ego to point that I'm right and you're wrong. You're wrong, I'm right. That bring the destruction. David said, His word is a lamp on my foot that clear my path. And he will not stumble. Keep your eyes on your belief because it is him he said it's your belief that's going to set you free not just the truth it's your belief and he said whatever you believe your result is in it he said we all have Freedom to choose, freedom to listen, freedom to talk, freedom to discuss. And we all have different point of view of every thing, everything. You know, by meditating, I this pop up in my mind, the movie. Um, that uh, play about God. I think I might forget the name of the movie and the actor that played the movie. But I always recall the story. <laughs> he thought he could be God. And then God gave him the power to hear the complaint of everybody and then for him to solve the problem. He couldn't carry it. 
He could not carry it. You know? Just do what you see fit for you. Let the Spirit of God direct you. Because He said, I am inside of everyone. And the awakening that this author talking about, we're going to read that book because it's really interesting. I love to finish a story. And even if I don't finish it in the podcast, I read it and finish it. But I will try to finish it in this podcast. I will make it a part one and a part two, chapter after chapter. God help me to do that. Because I know the time is not my time. It is time. That time, you know, I slow down on writing or reading or doing anything because I need the time to be with my spirit, to be with myself. So I take time. So even if you don't listen to new podcasts that I put, go through, browse through the podcasts that I have. I make the effort to do my best and read for you so that you can go to bed and just listen to any chapter that you want to listen and let it take you to bed because you know sleeping is the greatest thing you can give the greatest vitamin you could give to your body so while you're lying down in bed ready to sleep you can have my voice next to the bed put you to sleep until next time with wellness with Sinelia don't forget I have a podcast at Spotify and others channel I also have a YouTube channel wellness with Sinelia And I also have the mindset, that's what you need. That's where you listen to the music. Sometimes I try to send some music on my podcast so that you can listen to just the music. That's the time that I didn't feel like reading. I entitled to it so that you can listen to the music and let the music take you away. Take you away. And have a nice good night's rest. Because is this the most important thing that you can do for the body? When you're well rested, through sleep you can get cute. Through sleep the pain can go away. Through sleep you can have a better mindset to wake up in the morning and do all your tasks. So, listen to Wellness with Sinelia and share. I will know. I will know if you share. Because I can see my numbers are growing. 
I didn't know that I was gonna have all those listeners. When I first started this mission of reading for you, I didn't know, but I did it anyway. When I saw the first one listen to me, I'm like, yay, I have one view, I can have two. And I have two views, I can have three. I have three, I can have four. You see the step? You see the step? Now guess what? I have 1,003-something, 383-something. I I don't have the platform with me. That listening to my platform. And I have It's Teddy. Person, It's Teddy. Person that always listen to my podcast, to my voice. And I thank you for that. The it that always come back. And if you are new, Despite of everything, I would love for you to continue listening to this podcast. I have other podcasts. If one not interests you, go through it. Go through the library. You will see. I have Money Mentor. I have um, uh, 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 Meditation. And I also have books that I read for you. Listen to them. I don't say everything going to interest you. But if you keep going and you keep listening to me, you're encouraging me to do better. That's the encouragement you gave me. Because I see that, hey, there is people listening to me. And they're waiting for my voice. They're waiting for my next book to read to them. Okay? Okay. So, I have a great news too I want to share with the world. Like I said, I love reading books and I love, uh, you know, I love books. So, I wrote a book for myself. I wrote a book. It will be published before Christmas. And uh, hopefully I will read some to you. I will order a copy. And I know once I order a copy of the book, I might read it back to you. So, yes, my book going to be in Amazon, published on Amazon. It's going to be in uh, Noble. It's going to be on Google platform too. I will tell you the title when the book is publishing so that you can go and get your copy or you can come right here in my platform and listening to my own books. <laughs> you see, that's the growing I told you. Little by little, life, you live it better and better. You getting better and better. Yes, little by little. But you have to take the first step. That's all it takes. The first step is this very scary one. The first step is what keeps us scared. Everyone, everyone, even the most successful men and women in this world tell you. 
It was the first step they were worried about. And then after they take the first step, oh, that was it. You know, they take the second one, the third one, and then the mental keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. It's kind of like a river. It was kind of like clouding somewhere. And then you get, you know, you, you went and clean up a little bit and it kept flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. Just take the first step. Whatever you bargain with in your mind, you want to do. You didn't do it this year because you was afraid or you were scared or you didn't know how and you have all kind of excuses. Pass those excuses. Pass them. Put your feet on top of them to pass them to take your first step. And then next year, you will see. If you take this first step today as you listen to me, you take the first step up whatever you have in your mind maybe it's a business maybe it's 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 a reading maybe it's a podcast you want to start go and anchor you know and start you need no money no money to start i encourage you if i do it you can too who knows that i was gonna be that much longer in this podcast Who knows that I was going to write a book? Who knows? You know how long way back home I have the idea to write a book about my life. I still got to write a book about my life. I didn't do it yet. But I was always waiting and waiting. I thought, you know, time. Time I need, time I need. But how much time do you need to take the first step? Well... When I start reading for you, that was my first step. When I start coaching, that was my first step. When I start going on YouTube, Instagram, to put myself out and talk to people and say, you know what? I know not everybody will love me, but I accept that. I'm putting myself out anywhere. If I'm funny, that will make you laugh, don't it? And if I'm good, that will make you, any way you're going to listen to me. Funny, whatever you put it, you will listen to me. So, and that's the purpose behind it. I need my listener to listen to me. It's either funny to you or it's good to you, or you like what I read, or yes, I make few few error on reading who doesn't i listen to other people that read even though they filter it they still mumbo chumbo but listen we're not scared to keep going because we're going to be better and better every day every day it's getting better and better better and better until boom one day i have a story to say <laughs> or you have a story to tell That's how the successful people can tell you their story. And believe me, they can never even tell you how hard it was for them, even if they try to. The thing that they said, oh, I will show you how I make it in life. No, no one can show you how to make it in life. You have to find it within you. Within you, because one 
one spice, one secret sauce to get you there come from you. We can lay out to you. We can tell you like, 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 like Anchor gave us the platform. But he didn't make us success. He gave us the platform. He helped us on our mind, on our thing. He make it possible. YouTube make it possible. Facebook make it possible. TikTok make it possible. But it is us to come with the us, with the sauce, right? With the secret sauce that make people can stop listening to you. <laughs> the secret sauce could be a laugh, like I always laugh on my podcast. It could be a funny face or funny eye or something. Something in you that keep people coming. And that's what you need to start. That's what you need to put yourself out there. Don't be scared. Don't let The fear stop you from growing. Okay? Don't let the fear stop you from growing. So, this year, 22, you miss it. You don't miss it yet because you still have time. The 2023 is a brand new year that you can flourish and flourish and flourish and flourish like the flower. Okay, but you won't flourish if you don't step in to do what you want to do. You're going to be regret every time. Oh, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. I wish I had stopped this. Uh, I wanted to, but. But what? Come on. Just do like the book said. Acting now. <laughs> yeah. Put the auto-suggestion on you right now as the mindset. Let's do this. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. And remember to not repel it. You know? Okay? Attract it, but don't repel it. Keep your positive mental attitude going. Okay? And then you will see, just like the old lady, 63 years old, make that walk. She said, I only take the first step, and then a second step, and then here I am. Just take the first step. All right? Just take the first step. And let the world judge you. Yeah, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. It's not that scary, you know, because... A lot of people want to hear your voice. And I have people that email me and text me and say, Oh, I love your voice. I love when you're reading. It put me to sleep so fast. It's like, it's like a, a peaceful voice when I'm listening to you. See, I didn't know my voice was peaceful. I didn't know because I didn't listen to my own voice. But with my podcast, even me, I sleep with my own voice. I'm like, you know how <laughs> I I have to let you go, okay? Because if I start with story, hmm. yeah. Yes. Just do it. Do it now. And you will see. And if you can, you can text me or email me at wellnesswithsinelia at gmail.com. And we can talk. And remember, I have 
a coach side in Zoom meeting, and I have a private、um, room on social media, especially Facebook. And sometimes I'm live on YouTube. So follow me and let's be friends forever. And may you have a happy, merry holiday. <laughs> I don't know, I put it my way, okay? I put it my way. I just want you to enjoy. Life because you know the painful thing is when we get sick and we lie down, we can't do nothing, and the mind k e e p talking to us. Oh, I wish I had to do this, I got this to do, got that to do. I put it on hold when I got up, I will do it. So now you have the time to do it, okay? Do it, do it now, and I'll talk to you again. <laughs> 